Before we begin, we have a favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please help us spread the word about the show. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Another way is to tell a fellow art teacher. Either way, it helps others find the show. The Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast has a lot of information regarding teaching art, not just for tab teachers, but for anyone who is looking to further their understanding of children in a choice-based classroom. This show is about finding new ways to engage children and help them find their voice through visual arts. Hello, everyone. My name is Clark Freilich. And I'm Clyde Gaw. And this is the Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast. In today's episode, Clyde and I will be discussing teaching for artistic behavior and how it supports trauma-informed curriculum. So for people may or may not know what we mean by trauma-informed. When students come to us in a variety of different places, when we talk about trauma, there's all kinds of trauma. There's uh, emotional. And I think I read somewhere where it was like 60% of adults say that they experienced some form of trauma in childhood. Uh-huh. Maybe it was an overbearing parent. They beat them, sexually abused them. Mm. Poverty, just anything that disrupts the normal biological development of, of children can yes. be considered trauma. If you inflict pain, psycho-emotional, physical, sexual, if you inflict pain on somebody or they experience pain from an event and it disrupts their normal patterns, their natural patterns of being, of consciousness of intellectual development, um, you know, the, this, this event that, or a series of events that caused the trauma, um, they can have an effect on children's learning and, uh, of course, or any human being's learning or their, or their capacity to exist and to think naturally and, uh, to think and and be, mm-hmm. uh, it affects their being. Uh, it can debilitate. And here I'm trying to provide a clinical definition of trauma, but we're not doctors. We're know, not psychologists. We see children with these with these symptoms, with these uh, with the affect uh, from. And it's typically what we see are the behaviors that these kids exhibit in our classroom that we can associate with trauma. When I was talking to you earlier, or mentioned it's different for elementary, middle school, and high school. Uh-huh. And unless students in the elementary or the younger, the younger children, unless they have the skills necessary to work with, it's only going to manifest itself worse as they get older. Yep. As they... It will be self-perpetuating. Yes. It can be. And we, I think, as 
you know, I teach elementary and I'm focusing myself on becoming better at dealing with kids who are experiencing some form of trauma. Now, they may or may not have trauma, but I think looking at a lot of the literature and how to deal with these kids, all children can benefit from approaching and noticing and recognizing those things. When you see a child who's outbursts and just angry Uh and how to work with that child, there's no magic bullet. But I think, especially with the younger kids, they need to understand that they they have to feel safe in the school. And I'm not just safe from being beat up or bullied like that. They actually need to feel that the, the teachers, the school family cares about them right and you know they may not get that at home they might be locked in a room with an ipad and some parents call that parenting yeah and so they're only getting input from one source from the ipad and the type of information they're getting isn't necessarily the best for some reason parents not all parents, because there's kids who come to school who are ready, who are feel that the adults in school care about them. Safety is, um, that's, uh, you know, one of the domains uh, that uh, is critical uh, in creating a culture of care for uh, children who uh, have experienced trauma. And um, I posted on my, what, on my blog a link to the work of um, Roger D. Fallett, Ph.D., and Maxine Harris, Ph.D., uh, who I found their work on the National Institute of Health database. Mm -hmm. And um, safety, a culture of uh, where safety uh, is ensured uh, for their, you know, the physical and emotional safety of the individual is, is evident, is is uh, one, one of their first domains for uh, creating a, an environment and, or a, a culture of care for trauma-affected children. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or trauma-affected individuals. I mean, obviously that's critical not just for the TAB classroom, um, but for the school in general, obviously. And, and I think our schools are, the schools we work in are, you know, uh, that's what we strive for is not always yeah. the case. I, I think it's what we strive for, but I think, honestly, school corporations could do a lot more in not only they need to address this issue um, and use professional development to train teachers, to help teachers become more aware. I mean, we yeah, can do awareness. one, we can do all kinds of language arts or math or whatever, mm-hmm. but when you look at a school or a school corporation and just step back and look at professional development, what do we see as important? So they're all focusing on math and now we're doing language arts. Yeah. Where is the, where's the professional development to develop culture in a school or develop to help children feel safe in a school? Where's the, is our focus on math and language arts and those, or should we be focusing on children? Because if kids aren't in the right place, 
the math and the language arts won't happen. Right. And they're putting the cart before the horse. Right. And I think many schools are just now realizing that, well, maybe we need to look at this social-emotional thing. Because it's, I mean, social-emotional learning is really important. Exactly, um, yes. And teachers need to be trained. We're, teachers are not trained in, in recognizing things and working with kids to boost their social-emotional learning. They just, they're not. They'll shut down. Yeah. They put academics before it. I mean, I'm not, I could go in a whole thing about play yeah. and how important play is in, in that type of thing and how play has, since it's been pulled out of kindergarten, we see more and more problems with kids later uh-huh. on because they don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to work together. They don't know how to solve problems. Schools are paradoxes. And it's, it's a paradox. You're, you're charged with raising test scores and uh, your schools uh, uh, in, here in Indiana, we get a grade, maintaining the school's grade, and you get that through test scores. You know, the schools are put in a bad spot. Yeah, and, and then how do From you our humanize the, 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 uh, the curriculum? Is The state mandates that schools use a behaviorist paradigm to uh, to structure curriculum. Uh, so that means that this experience is going to be done to you if you're a little kid. You don't have much say no. in what's going to happen to you. Here's, here's what's going to, here's the curriculum, and guess what? Here's the activities you're going to do. This is the scope and sequence. The scope and sequence is all about information processing and uh, selected response questions, short answer, short answer writing activities. The scope and sequence, you don't have any, the child has very little control. And play? <laughs> Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> so, but, pl- but, but play is, I mean, beyond recess. Yes. We, you know, recess is so important. I mean, young kids need to move. Especially in elementary. Now, as they get older in, in middle school and high school, they still need to play. They still school. need to move. Yeah. They can play basketball or do whatever it is they need to do, but they do more organized sports. Yeah. They, they, uh, the, the high schoolers are. Uh, trust me on this. They are adults in in you know they are adults in the making, uh, but they're still little kids with big bodies. Uh, and with lots of, you know, and I, I have to speak gen- generally speaking, but, you know, we have a lot of, you know, on a case-by-case b- basis, everyone's unique and individual, but they're only 36 months removed from elementary, from fifth grade, as they come into ninth grade. So we're still dealing with, I mean, they're still adolescents, and there won't be adults till. You know, they're in their 20s. Oh, yeah. Well, my daughter, she's 23 years old, and she has a college degree, and she's got a working uh, with a prestigious nonprofit, but she's still in her heart, and there's that part of her that is still a developing young human being, and she's not quite an adult yet, 
um, she still has insecurities and you know I can see that you know she's she won't be a full-fledged adult for for a long time so um, I and that situation varies I believe with all children uh, as they go into adulthood so thinking about young kids as we see them in in my situation now that you know after 29 years teaching elementary and now I've been teaching this is my uh, my fifth my fifth year going into my sixth year teaching high school um, there are tremendous benefits for children who are affected by trauma of being in a classroom like a tab classroom where it's a safe space and the expectation that we provide children is that hey we're going to trust you and we're going to give you some uh, leeway here but I'm going to trust you to act on your own creative impulse and there's a sense of responsibility mm -hmm. that you're going to have to put forth. Do you think the, um, you, you talked about expectations and, you know, we have expectations in our classrooms. They're, they're more individual. We do have high expectations, but the expectations are fluid. Um, and in a typical classroom, a lot of times the expectations are sit down be quiet. Yeah. Listen to the teacher. Right. Which, you know, in an elementary classroom, I think those expectations are unreal, yeah. especially for five and six year olds. Yes, we were talking about that yeah. earlier. As expectations go in a tab classroom, you know, we're expecting we have those our three sentence curriculum. What do artists do? The child is the artist and the room is the studio. Yeah using those as expectations, thinking about being a teacher in a tab classroom. What is it that, as an artist, we have those expectations as far as developing ideas and, and we give that power to the student? You know, they're the ones who are doing what they're interested in. Yeah, they get to organize the experience. Right. That's huge. That's empowerment. You know, back to, you know, we're trusting them to, uh, to create an artistic, creative situation for themselves. And they're being empowered to do so. And, and in that sense, back to what do artists do, and it's, you know, drawing upon one's imagination and one's internal worlds to generate an artistic idea um, that all seamlessly works together in a tab classroom, there's so much benefit. Even when it comes to using things like scissors, Sharpie markers, tools in the classroom, yeah. hot glue guns. Yeah. When you tell a kid, I trust you, their mind is blown. Yeah. They're like, really? <laughs> yeah, really? This is a safe place, this is, and yeah. we trust you. We trust you. My mom would never let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You you get that response. My mom wouldn't. My mom. Oh yeah, I'm not. Oh kids, I'm that. not. I'm not allowed to use. I'm not allowed to use sharpies. I think in my head. Okay, what did this child draw on in the first place? 
But who's, I mean, if you're going to give a child tools and materials, yeah. you have to show them how to properly use them. Are they going to make mistakes? Yeah. But they're also going to learn from those mistakes. Taking things away from kids because they made a mistake isn't helping them. That's regressive. That's regressive. It doesn't, you know, if, if we took things away from every time some child misused it oh my gosh there'd be nothing left that's that's yeah if you take that's mindset you take it away because they failed or they didn't use the tool properly um that's you know another way of behavior modification yeah. punishing the child closing the studio and, and because they didn't clean it up right is not helping the students become better cleaners yes you need to reteach them right some kids it takes Six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Right. Other kids, they get it right away. You know, those expectations and having those expectations as a teacher, you can't have the same expectations if you're running a tab classroom as you did with a completely teacher-led classroom. Right. It's not going to be the same. And particularly when you're dealing with children whose lives have, uh, have been disrupted through trauma. Uh, or they have other behavioral symptoms mm-hmm. that are difficult to deal with. And so that's the reality that teachers live in, especially teachers who work in public education. You take on all comers yep. and all kinds of children. It doesn't matter who they are, we <laughs> still have to teach them. You we, know, we can't filter them out. <coughs> we, we deal sometimes with the mess and the mayhem that we have to get in touch with our own feelings uh, about accepting uh, and being introspective as to why the children need more practice refining their functioning. Yeah. And it's it's only going to get better through practice. Yeah, you you mentioned um, those things that uh, they're triggers. And I think teachers especially new teachers to TAB, have to sit down with themselves, honestly think about those triggers that drive them crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And it could be, and a lot of it's around cleanup, and a lot of it's this or that. And I think new TAB teachers need to write those triggers down, seriously, so that when they see them, once they recognize that that's a that's one of my triggers yeah. you can deal with it you know when that, that thing happens you have a plan that you've rehearsed or practiced then you just kick in i hear teachers oh it was a bad day you know this happened and this happened well those days are going to happen yeah and you have to prepare since those are your triggers are you going to really give up teaching for artistic behavior because it was chaos. Well, that's part of learning. It's part of the mayhem. You, as a teacher, have to make conscious effort to change your paradigm yeah. when teaching for artistic behavior. And yeah. when you can do that, it's only going to help kids who are trauma-affected. The, the benefit is that it will help them. The, the benefit of TAB is that you will get responses for children who will uh, benefit from a uh, an, an, an open setting 
where they experience empowerment and self-expression, where they experience choice, and where they might be able to collaborate with a fellow yeah. classmate, which is also beneficial to learning. You know, I'm thinking the outcome, the beneficial outcomes from TAB are immense. And I have, like, you know, just all kinds of anecdotal evidence um, has been piling up lately. You know, I look at the surveys I give my kids at, you know, end of the semester. They're very positive uh, from the kids. Um, well, um, and you know, that as well as, as many of our listeners, whenever there's a, a child who might having problems in a regular gen ed classroom we typically don't see those problems in a tap classroom because for one thing or another because of the freedom because of the choice because of the trusting because uh-huh. of being able to work with things being able to, to choose what they want to work on they feel more empowered those behaviors aren't as nearly as bad. And I'm right. not saying that they're not there because sometimes kids just, it just happens. But when our resource people give us sheets to fill out on kids and that, you know, does the behavior happen here? Uh-huh. And it's like, I honestly don't see the behavior <laughs> we don't that see you're it. looking at. I We, we rarely have problems uh, because children are, uh, and pr- very much engaged in their inner worlds and uh, expressing those inner worlds. And, and they see the TAP classroom as a very safe space Yes, for them to be. And so they want to be there. And so, you know, we keep talking about, you know, kids vote with their feet. They're going to the, the high school art room during their prep time. Okay, well, we have 50 kids that want to be here. Yeah, they, you know, that's you have why. To, the art room is a busy place because people, because kids are drawn to it because mm-hmm. they know that they can be their natural selves there. And thinking about the other domains of the culture of trauma-informed care that we provide, there uh, is uh, choices in there. There's freedom to collaborate and there's empowerment in a tab art room. Uh, in a fully functioning tab art room, you're you're going to see safety, trustworthiness choice, collaboration, empowerment, those are all uh, important aspects of a culture of care. That's why we see kids coming to the art room in numbers that we do. Yeah. And we didn't set out, I don't think TAB set out to be a solution to trauma-informed. It just naturally supports the things that are missing from the other part of the school. Kathy... I'm not saying all schools are that way, but you hear a lot of schools that are based around a behaviorism model where kids have to jump through hoops, jump through hoops, toe the line, compliance, compliance, level zero, zero tolerance, incentives, incentivize, right, extrinsic motivators, external rigor. What is rigor, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make it harder. Sounds good. Rigor. Um, Kathy and Diane and Pauline and John, they're very much into creative experience, meeting the needs of unique learners and uh, meeting their creative needs. When they began to design and refine tab curriculum structures and pedagogy. But it's, you know, it's all about creativity. But through, and that's what you and I are all about too. 
The side benefit is that creative experience is like the very best kind of human experience you can have. And it's a super uh, phenomenon, a super experience. It's such a, it's such a natural experience to, to create. You just pick up a crayon and scribble on something, and to the outside world, we don't recognize what that scribble is, but to the, the one-year-old or the two-year-old, it's everything in that experience of not just tactile and visual, mm-hmm. but emotional. Um, and yet you hear stories of, don't draw on the wall. <laughs> well, human beings are born with hands. And uh, they're pretty doggone. They're, they're pretty doggone good, and nice organs. If if you're a fortunate human being to to be born with hands, and uh, and an imagination, and two eyes, and tactile functions. <clears throat> you know, Tab Tab was designed to uh, optimize creative growth, creative learning experience. But the, the side benefit is when you have the best kinds of creative learning experiences, they ameliorate uh, other kinds of physiological and uh, emotional and mental issues. Because they, when, when you're involved in a creative growth experience, it's generating all kinds of wonderful, I don't want to get too in-depth in neurological analysis, but you know, there's shots of serotonin, Dopamine. Oh yeah, that that the chemical um, balance of the brain. The 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 brain is growing immensely yeah. through creative growth. Yeah. Adrenaline. You're getting adrenaline shots. You when just you, made when me think of Yoyoi Kasama, and how she, she lives in a mental institution, and they take her to her studio every day to to create, and she goes back. I don't know her full story. Oh, you share it. You should. That's amazing. There's a Netflix documentary, I think, or Hulu, uh, one of them. You should watch it. Well, I, I'm thinking also about the story of Judith Scott. That you know, that's really yeah. that will just break your heart if you don't know the story of Judith Scott. I mean, there's another poor human being. Judith was traumatized throughout her most of her adult life in her childhood, and it was the arts, yeah, that restored her. We could go on and on with. Uh, Art therapy, but neither of you or I are art therapists. No. You know, We're specialists in creativity. We play them on TV <laughs> or on the radio. <laughs> we know how to create an yeah. a, uh, environment I mean, for creative experience. Yeah. A good, safe, creative environment that's good for kids. A- absolutely. This is a, it's a difficult subject, um, talking about trauma-informed cultures yeah. and uh, trauma-informed curriculum. And I think... Or curricula. And as in our, um, the uh, institute, TAB Institute, creating safe spaces. Yes. So there's going to be a, a good quality thread. It's going to be in-depth. We're going to get into it. Have some good uh, keynote speakers and have a great professional development yep. week in Boston. We, we talked about trauma-informed culture, the tab room being tra- uh, a safe space for, for children who have experienced trauma. But I think the curriculum itself is trauma-informed, unlike most other curriculums. 
the curriculum itself, by its very nature, being personally creative, is um, very, it's a big deal. If you have a TAB program in your school, support it. Can I read a letter from one of my former students? Sure. It's, I'm just going to read part of it. And I'm not going to reveal his name, but just read part of the letter. He says, I am in Mr. Gaw's art class. He has inspired me to do more art pieces that I didn't even think I can do. He said, make some art that describes who you basically are. So I made an anime character. I made this art piece that describes what I've been through. I've been through a rough path my whole life. It started when I was a baby. It gets worse every year of my life. I can't control it. This art piece is dark because of what I've been through with my life. It is also dark because I feel like I am trapped in a dark box. It's like a black hole. I can never be free from the dark. The dark always find a way back in my life. The bandages on my arm in this picture are about the violence that I've been through. When I was a little kid, my, my dad hit me all over my body. The hoodie I wear here is because I always wear a black hoodie when I was younger. I wore the hoodie because I didn't want anyone to notice who I am. Also because all the bruises on my body and I didn't want anyone to see them. I don't want anyone to know my pain. So I made this art piece because the violence and the dark of my life. And this picture I saw online seems the best way to describe what I've been through. I'm a much better person now. I, was, I also made this art because everyone has dark in their life. This art class is an amazing experience. Mr. Gaw got stuff out of me that I didn't know that I have in me. Now I love to draw. It is a different way to get stuff out that needs to be out of my mind. My teacher always told me what I draw is incredible. I think it is good also because I draw what I've been through and I want to get my story out on paper, no matter if it's in drawings or whatever. So thank you, Mr. Gaw, thank you. You made this school year better for me. I'm happy to report the young, young man's doing pretty good now, although it's for a lot of other reasons also. A lot of support from his mother. Mm -hmm. And um, he's just a courageous young man. You know, we have a lot, of, a lot of stories like that. You know, our tab classroom is a destination place, not just within the school, but word gets out. Yeah, they vote with their feet. They know it's a safe place. They want to be there. Do you have any thoughts to wrap up with? At the TAB Institute, we're going to get deep into this topic. Yeah. And, um, and of course, uh, anytime we are, we have some other opportunities. I know we have TAB stock is coming up pretty soon in spring. Yeah. Or actually early, early June summer. June 23rd, June 24th, right? It'll be fun. Of course, we can always have discussions on uh, TAB forums. If you have something you want us to talk about, feel free to drop us an email. I think you can reach us through the Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast. Send us an email. Uh, always, if you have time, 
feel free to rate us on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast and also helps the podcast. It's always good hearing from our listeners. It's uh, always good. Always good. I need to apologize since it's so. It's been three months since our last podcast. <laughs> well, you've been you've been down a little bit. You've been sick. Yeah, I've had this stupid respiratory thing for almost three months. So, and then Christmas, and glad we got one out in November. But we tried to do it in. December, but that wasn't working, and then January, I was coughing all over the place. So we're here now. We're gonna we're gonna do some more. We need to also get some special guests and talk about some subjects that other folks want to hear about. We always looking for good subject matter. NAEA is coming up. That's right. And um, I haven't decided if I'm going yet. It's spring break, so I have the time off. I could drive up there. Find a place to stay. I know a place you I can I need stay. to crash. <laughs> Maybe I'm I'll just sleep in my car. <laughs> yeah, I know. In a van so. down by the river. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be down there with uh, Melissa Perty and uh, Ian Sands. Are you and, presenting uh, with them? Uh, you doing a roundtable discussion? Uh, it's a it's a forum. Yeah, a forum. It's a forum with um, Gene Barnett. Pam. Pam Emmerich. Yep. And also... Um, it's like the high school... It's like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> Man. There's uh, so much star power a, on that forum. We have a pretty good um, topic. You know, are we making artists? We've got artists all over the place. Of course um, we're making artists. Who the hell would think we're not making artists? <laughs> I mean, we've got... We got kids attending art schools. We have kids who are professional artists as adults. Yeah, what kids I mean, what do you doing, expect? Kids who are uh, in museum education, <coughs> kids who are architects. Kids and who are doing kids professional who are work, artists. Yeah, and kids who are just making their own art. I just had a kid, Robbie, he just had an exhibition at Indianapolis Museum of Art. Robbie? He, Robbie Yaw, and he's a graffiti artist. And Nick, uh, he was at the Indianapolis Museum of Art. He's a prof- he's a professional graffiti artist, also. Uh, oh well, so we'll need to wrap up. We've okay. been in a, here an hour. Um, oh my goodness, we get going. We get going. We get off topic, and we, we turn this into tap stock. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. My tent. We'll talk to you later. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Are you gonna leave? 